0: So, Lord, we ask that you will be with us as we reflect upon your word because we want you to come deeply into our hearts and our lives. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Back in the 1980s, we had one of the more serious recessions, economic recessions that our country has known in the 20th century Um, and there was a time when the government of that day encouraged many organizations to get involved in what was called job creation gave them funding for wages and for the cost of running a commercial enterprise people could be employed for up to six months some of them full-time some of them part-time and they they gained through those programs much needed work experience that they were unable to get anywhere else. And it was an opportunity, too, for voluntary organisations, including many of the churches, to do something quite creative about what work should be and what needed to be done in the community. And a group of churches where I was the minister at the time, up in the Midlands, uh, got on board and created a programme which involved a, a number of different activities and enabled us to employ somewhere between 50 and 70 people we called it community interaction and one of the sections of this enterprise there were several different sections but one of them was a workshop where people's furniture could be restored this was particularly valuable to people who'd owned a piece of furniture or some item in their home which was very valuable to them very often of sentimental value but which had either broken um, was really only used to be thrown out or um, was a usable item which was no longer useful because it didn't work any longer. And so this could be collected from their homes, taken off to this workshop, repaired and returned. For the people who worked in the workshop, of course, it was an opportunity for them to learn a skill. And the person who ran this workshop was a uh, Japanese mid-50s who was a very skilled craft uh, carpenter and craftsman. And I remember speaking to him one day. He was a guy called Ray bit of a rough diamond but he had a real heart of gold and it was quite obvious to me um, I was one of the people who was responsible for managing this project and so I had to deal with the supervisors quite often I remember speaking to him one day and I said Ray you obviously really enjoy doing this job and uh, he said to me took one step back and he said you know this is actually the most satisfying job that I have ever done in the whole of my life ''And do you know why it's satisfying?'' He said, ''I said, no.'' He said, ''Well, it's not the wage at the end of the week.'' He said, ''The satisfaction for me comes when I go back to somebody's house, take a piece of furniture out of the van, take it back into their home, something which was a treasured possession for them, and I take it back to them restored and ready for use again. And I see the smile on the face of the old lady or the elderly gentleman who welcomes it back into their home once again.'' That's my satisfaction, he said. When things get broken, especially if they happen to be something of great value to us, uh, we long for mending and we long for restoration. And what great happiness if that restoration can take place. And of course, it doesn't apply just to pieces of furniture. The repetitive theme in that psalm that Tony came and read to us this morning is a plea for restoration. The words, Restore us, O God, make your face to shine upon us that we may be saved, occur three times in that psalm, and in fact a fourth time with a slight variation. And this psalm has been used in worship for some two and a half thousand years now, of course. That prayer, Restore us, O God, has sometimes been a deeply heartfelt, even though the circumstances of people praying the prayer has changed. In its original setting, of course, the prayer is addressed to the shepherd of Israel. The circumstances in which that prayer was first prayed uh, probably date back to a time when the country, the nation of Israel, which was the name that was given to the northern kingdom, that middle sort of period of Old Testament history when the people of the Hebrews, the Jewish people, were divided into two nations uh, northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. The northern kingdom was given the name Israel, containing 10 of the 12 tribes. Um, and they had a rough time from some of their neighbours. And there was a period when the Assyrians, who were the great, powerful empire of the day, uh, attacked and invaded uh, and uh, over, eventually, of course, actually overran them. Probably this prayer was first prayed by those people in the northern kingdom, the kingdom of Israel. Restore us, O God. Make your face to shine upon us. Down in the south, the other two tribes of Israel that formed the kingdom of Judah around Jerusalem, surrounding countryside, they would also have used that prayer as part of their worship as well, based very often in the temple. And their need to pray that prayer came more than a century or so later, when they were overrun, not this time by the Assyrians, but by the Babylonians, who by this time were the big boys of the day, the powerful empire in that part of the world. And of course, eventually, that southern kingdom of Israel, Judah, they too were overrun. They were carried away into exile into Babylon for some 70 years, a very significant period of Old Testament history. And almost certainly that prayer would have been prayed during that period when they were being invaded. That prayer would have been prayed with heartfelt earnestness. Restore us, O Lord, make your face shine upon us. If you fast forward another 500 years to the time when Jesus lived, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem, that prayer would almost certainly have been on the lips of many faithful Jewish people because their nation had been overrun, this time by the Romans. The Roman Empire, of course, stretched almost all the way around the Mediterranean Sea. So many of the countries of the the then known world were under the occupation of Rome. And the Jews were very conscious of living in an occupied country with their laws, uh, the Roman laws being layered on top of their own Jewish laws. Their taxes being sent and collected and sent abroad to Rome to fund the great Roman Empire. Their streets occupied by Roman soldiers who could be very brutal. And you can almost hear this prayer being prayed again in that period with great earnestness. Restore us, O Lord. Let your face shine upon us and save us. This prayer is one of the many prayers in the Bible that can be described as a sort of multi-situational prayer. It fits so many kinds of situations and circumstances. And it would be prayed when people felt that things had fallen apart in the life of their nation. When people were longing for things to be mended in their own individual lives, in their families. All sorts of other circumstances. Restore us, O Lord. Make your face shine upon us. And I suppose it's for that reason that we can detect a kind of moderning about the psalm as well. One of the repetitive items in the news this year has been the concern expressed for the environment. I don't think there has been a single day when that phrase climate change or a similar phrase, has not popped up in our newspapers or on social media or on television news programs or documentaries. From changing weather patterns with exceptional fluctuations in temperatures to frightening floods, uh, uncontrollable fires, polluted rivers and seas, not to mention the fear of being swamped in our own rubbish, All these things remind us that something pretty fundamental has gone wrong with the world that we live in. And the delicate balance of nature needs to be restored. We sometimes just use the word environment, don't we, to describe our habitat. But for those of us who are Christians, it really is important, I think, not just to use the word environment, to use the word creation. Because to use the word creation reminds us that we have a creator. What we live in and what we use and what we rely on belongs to the one who made it and who made us. And whilst we need to search for scientific solutions to some of the problems we've created, we need to cry out to God because it's his creation that we've sport through our carelessness and our neglect and our greed. And it's our wills and our natures that need to be changed, not just the things of the earth around us. And so that prayer of the psalm, Restore us, O Lord, make your face to shine upon us, is a very relevant prayer in the setting of our concern about climate change. Restore us, O Lord, make your face to shine upon us, that we may be saved. And so that we can enjoy the garden of your creation. The same prayer really is very appropriate when we think about our life in society, our social being as communities and nations. You know, of course, that the simple message, really, that comes through the story of Old Testament history, the story of the Hebrew people, is that God is able to bless people together when they live in obedience to his commands. But when they disobey his commands and replace his laws with their own, then disaster strikes. And that truth is true in modern times, as well as in times of Old Testament history. And when the life of our society is in turmoil and chaos, whatever country you happen to live in, the problem is not usually basically an economic one or an organisational problem. It's usually a problem of failed relationships. When people who've been hungry for power cannot have enough to satisfy their appetite. And where those who are at the bottom of the pile feel that they've been neglected and not heard. And whether we live in a country like Myanmar, where the needs of the Rohingya minority have been ignored, whether we live in Syria, where there have been years of complex clashes between various groups of people leaving so much devastation, or whether we live in the UK, where people have been clamouring so loudly for their own versions of Brexit or none of it, whilst not being willing to pay attention to the needs of deeper society, where during the process we seem to have become a more vicious and a more hateful people to the point where some people no longer feel it's safe to stand for public office. Wherever we live, whatever society we live in, when it becomes broken, there is a desire for it to be mended, to be restored, for some kind of stability to be brought back. And so this prayer pops up once again. Restore us, O Lord. Make your face to shine upon us that we may be saved. And so as we sit here in church this morning, perhaps we need to ask ourselves the question, is there something that is broken in our lives? Maybe it's broken in the form of some illness. We need to be restored to physical health. Maybe it's a broken heart because of some relationship that has been broken. Someone who's let us down that we thought we could rely upon. Maybe it's a broken spirit because we have conflict and turmoil in our minds and we need to find inner peace. Maybe it's brokenness because there have been tears of sadness, perhaps not just once, but over a number of period, a number of months and in the year, which has been a bad year for some people. Maybe it's in our relationship with God himself because we're holding something back. In all or in any of these situations, it is appropriate for us to pray this prayer that we've heard this morning. Restore us, O God, make your face to shine upon us and of course we can address this prayer not just to him who was the shepherd of Israel but to our Lord Jesus Christ who came to be the good shepherd the good shepherd of the sheep the good shepherd of all the sheep and as we come to celebrate the birth of Jesus in three days time we can indeed rejoice that that work of restoration has already begun Thanks be to God. So let's just reflect quietly as the choir lead us in one of our Christmas carols, which concludes with a challenge and a prayer of dedication.